I'm going to tell you all of them right now because I have NFL news to get to. I have NCAA tournament news to get to tonight. Spring football cuts to share. The Miami Heat had a meltdown. But I'm really struggling, Josh, with like what makes the cut to be the top five story for the Plank Show today because we can go a lot of different directions. A lot of different directions, right? We've got, I mean, you can't stop with NFL news right now, right? I mean, it's its unbelievable. But beyond just insane general NFL news, you know, you have the XFL rule changes that have been out there, right? Um, you've had the New York vaccine mandate being lifted. Uh, Jorge Masvidal got arrested last night for... Um, fighting another fighter. It's a long story, but it's it's worth your time. NASCAR's going to Austin this week. That college man. Like, there's so much going on. How in the world do I fit it into a top five stories of the day is my question. How do we fit it into a three-hour show? We're trying. Maybe I'm failing. But I know this much. I can't come up with which story is most important to be number five. It's tough right now. It's a ba- it's like a battle for TV time, right? You're battling to find out what has made the cut to be. There's two, and again, this is why I'm so mad at the NFL right now. This is great time for radio, but Josh, you telling me they couldn't save some of these nuggets until June or July for us? They could not, and they will not. All right, you ready to roll? You want to Let's do, the top do this five thing. Stories today? All right. Oh, by the way, real quick, heads up, sponsor read. Hour three of the Plank Show as always, is brought to you by our good friends over at Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Josh? Locally owned and operated for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker and the crew a call over at Roof Tech of Oklahoma for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. Let's hit these top stories. All right, big story number five. Number five. All right, here's big story number five in my world. Just a couple of NBA notes. First, if you missed it last night during the Miami Heat game, there was an all-out – well, let me let me go ahead and try not to be too overly dramatic here. Um, there was a near throwdown between the Miami Heat and their entire roster. And this happened whenever – Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra had a disagreement on the bench. Now, since we talked about this earlier, Josh, have you had time to watch the video yet? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. And good for Spolstra, man. Good for Udonis Haslam sticking up for his coach. And, you know, in that type of situation, I I, I do think you gain something as a head coach when you don't just – totally back down sometimes athletes need to see need to see that you got a little backbone right and so Spolstra oh, certainly showed that <laughs> so I'm glad you watched it because I don't know if I'm a big Eric Spolstra fan or not I don't think I have that hot of a take on the heat I don't think I care that much about the Miami heat to be like oh Eric Spolstra is a terrible choice I'm like he's the head coach of the heat I don't care um but I did love love the way that he responded last night to Jimmy Butler. Here was the Heat coach in the post-game media scrum. 
Oh. That, you know, so these two, we had been playing very well before that. You know, so these two games uh, were disappointing to everybody, and I think that's what you see is you see a competitive group, you know, that uh, is not playing to the level or the standards that we want to play at. And even with all the circumstances, like, uh, it, it's not like uh, we come in here and say, oh, whatever, let's just get the next one. That, that's not how anybody in this building is wired. 118-104, they lost to the Heat last night. Um I love this term, though. He taught, well, I'll, I'll, I left the Q&A. No, I did not leave a Q&A in there about how competitive this group is. Uh, everybody was wondering where the dinner plans were tonight after the game. Um, it was pretty clear. Like, we have a very competitive, gnarly group, and we're getting our asses kicked. And it's two, two straight games. Uh, we were not playing to the level that we wanted to play. And I would say virtually every single person in that huddle was uh, – pretty animated about our disappointment and how we were playing by the way it's non-stop on the talk shows today so you don't you don't need me to go more in depth but i thought it was as gabe likes to say every now and then just grown men having a conversation now i thought that went a little bit beyond grown men having a conversation because when a coach is out on the floor basically with his finger in the face of a player and i'm being a little bit dramatic here but you get my point josh i think that goes beyond grown men having a conversation yeah, that was grown men about to perhaps get ugly there for a second. But again, like I said, I think a star like Jimmy Butler, you need to see that from your head coach every now and again. I don't think that this is some situation where all of a sudden, oh my goodness, the Heat have problems. Look, there's right. a, a simmering feud. I mean, I think it's just, okay, hey, emotions, tempers flared up a little bit, no big deal. And actually, I think Jimmy Butler can come away from the situation and respect his head coach a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, other, There was one other NBA note. All right, There was one other NBA note. And, I, again, like I said, this is – we've had first take on in here in the talk shows. The vaccine ridiculous rules in New York – city have been changed the mayor exempted athletes and performers from the city vaccine mandate following pressure from the sports world i like that by the way the way this is written (laughs) new york city's mayor exempted athletes and performers from the city's vaccine mandate following weeks of of pressure from the sports world after the rule kept kyrie irving from playing how about saying after weeks of it unnecessarily being put in place, after weeks of an athlete being able to go to an event as a fan unmasked and sit in the front row without being vaccinated as opposed to playing, why Why that wording? That wording is Bia after pressure from the sports world. No! It's an unnecessary, pointless rule is what it is. How about that, Associated Press? Good Lord. All right, anyway, I'm not getting fired up. Big story number four. Number four. After pressure from the sports world. How about after pressure from it still being in place? The only place on the planet where it's still in place. Um, Pete Carroll spoke a little bit yesterday, but nobody cares about the Seahawks' intentions with Russell Wilson. We're all about how Josh is feeling post Tyreek Hill. And, you know, they talk about the stages of grief in life. And maybe maybe it's kind of short-sighted of me to use this in a sports sense. But there's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. 
um, I don't think you had a chance to really be in denial, right? Because once it came out, it was pretty much, hey, we're moving quickly towards this, right? Yeah, there, there is no denial. There right. is the <laughs> stages of grief. But you know what? I, I think it's okay. I, I'm happy for Tyreek Hill. Well, that- hold on, hold on. I want to go, I want to go through him with you real quick, right? Just real quick, two seconds. Um, is someone in there bothering you, or is my delay suck? Which one is it? No, I was actually trying to get a cut okay, queued sorry. up for you from sorry, from Tyreek Hill. Sorry. See, I hate not being able to see you, but I love that we're able to talk about our great friends here at Cavens Construction. So you didn't really have a chance to have denial. Uh, the anger came out in a tweet 23 hours ago. Veach blew it. This moved way too fast on Tyreek Hill. Horrible return. Uh, I'm sure there was some bar- – the bargaining, I think, even took place by the end of the show. And then there's depression and eventually acceptance, right? So are you in the acceptance stage right now? I think so, yeah. I, okay. I think we, we got to depression by the end, <laughs> the end of the show yesterday. <laughs> I am sad. But you know what? It, it kind of is what it is. You have to make tough decisions when you've got Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback, when you've got Travis Kelsey, we've seen a couple of those already. Tyron Matthews not back with Kansas City. We'll see about Frank Clark. And obviously Tyreek Hill, they weren't willing to go to the links of four years, $120 million. And it's a polarizing decision. And we're going right. to just have to wait and see whether or not it was a good or bad decision by Kansas City. But, I th- yeah, I think – I think I'm at peace with it. I mean, I don't think Kansas City didn't offer Tyreek Hill a sizable contract. I just think that it wasn't $30 million per. And ultimately, Tyreek Hill, if that's what he wants to get, then he's got his opportunity now with Miami. I think Kansas City is going to find pass catchers. Patrick Mahomes is still playing quarterback. You sent me the note yesterday. Patrick Mahomes is averaging 340 yards passing in games minus Tyreek Hill. I think Kansas City is going to be okay. I do, too. I do, too. Um, which is why I'm not one of those people that's doing jumping jacks or losing their minds over this like Raider fans are. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, meanwhile, the Seattle Seahawks did trade Russell Wilson. There's been a lot of heat on Pete Carroll for trading this mediocre quarterback. Uh, here's, though, what he had to say about why they moved on from Russell Wilson. There was so much, so much compelling, you know, reasoning, you know, that why you would stay, you know, because of all of the history and, and all of the time spent and all that. There was, that, that was exactly where I was coming from, just to use the logic of it. And, you know, when you, you've built a relationship over a long period of time, there's great benefits to that, you know, moving forward and well beyond your career and stuff. So those were all parts of the conversation. And, uh, you know, I, what I continue to say, Mike, that, you know, I, I had no intention of, of making a move at all while we, you know, guys were under contract and, and, and we were pleased with what was going on and all. So um, I fought for the logic of that um, for a good while until it wasn't, it wasn't meaningful anymore, you know, to do, to stick with that. Hmm. Okay. What does that even, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I thought you would be able to make sense of it for me. No. Until it wasn't meaningful anymore. As in, Russ didn't want to be there, or, yeah, we decided that the history doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> right. Those, those are just well, words. Know. Just words. <laughs> he put a lot of words together there. All right. Uh, big story number three. Number three. Oh. You know, this was 
this was a rather slow day in Sooner Sports, but it is setting up for a wild weekend. Women's tennis, softball, and baseball all play Baylor. <laughs> Women's tennis on Friday at 5, softball at 6.30, baseball at 6.30 on Friday. <laughs> what? Did Baylor get some special room rate to have tennis, softball, and baseball all come in the same weekend? That's awesome. Saturday is 2 o'clock for both baseball and softball. 1 o'clock, um, pardon me, then at 1 o'clock on in 3, 2, 1. At 2 o'clock again on Sunday and noon on Sunday for baseball. We got a midweek next week against your Wichita State Shockers, Josh Helmer. Good. Pound them back into submission like earlier this season. And, and then... Uh, a UAB team where I got a little bit scared last night. I saw UAB beat Alabama in college baseball. So I thought, ah, that would be a heck of a challenge. So there's a quick look at your Diamond Sports schedule. Uh, Staying with Sooner Stuff tonight, I am on the uh, hosting chair, in the hosting chair for the Huddle and Sooner Sports Talk. So I'll be on from 6 to 7 with Miguel Chavis. So if you want to see Miguel Chavis, you better get out to Rudy's before 6.30 tonight. Uh, and then Trey and I will talk some spring football. And then from 7 to 8, tonight we're going to talk some golf. Luis Drew Latrell and Ryan Hibble. So join us nice. out at Rudy's for Sooner Sports Talk. I'm excited about it. Me and Ryan. I'll, I'll get you some good stuff for the gimme zone. How's that? I love it. Yeah. Send those cuts my way. Big story number two. Number two. We all We all know that this across the country right now is big story number one. But, Josh, we have the Sweet 16 this weekend, this evening. By the time we meet next Monday, we'll be down to four teams left in the NCAA tournament. It has been called the Final Four. Right now, as we sit on this Thursday afternoon, we've got quite a few interesting matchups tonight. Can the Big 12 continue its incredible 2021-22 college basketball season and advance two teams to the Final Four? Can Texas Tech tonight end the career of Mike Krzyzewski? And will Kelvin Sampson do it again in 2022 like he did in 2021? Here's your schedule for tonight. 6.09 p.m., Arkansas and Gonzaga. A whole 20 minutes after the start of that game is Michigan-Villanova. Arkansas-Gonzaga on CBS, Michigan-Villanova on TBS. Then later tonight, Texas Tech and Duke, followed by Houston and Arizona. Josh, after tonight, who are the four teams left standing? I think, I mean, I'm such a chalk guy. It's so boring, but... Gonzaga beats Arkansas. Villanova ends this run for Michigan. I'm worried a little bit, maybe, about the inexperience for Duke. A lot of people tend to bring that up with them, and yet we saw them not panic in the round of 32 and make plays coming down the stretch to advance into this Sweet 16. I just think Duke's more talented than Texas Tech top to bottom. Paulo Bancaro, I think, is an absolute freak, though. I love Bryson Williams. For Texas Tech, 
I, I really like Shannon as well. So I think that's a great game tonight. I'm picking Duke. I think it'll be a thriller. Ooh. Texas Tech's actually favored in that game, though, by one point. And then tonight, uh, I'm not predicting a return trip to the Final Four for Houston and Kelvin Sampson. I think uh, I think Arizona survived what they needed to survive in route to the Final Four with Matherin and company in overtime in the last round. So I think Arizona beats beats Houston tonight. I'm chalk, chalk, chalk the whole way. All right, I, I'm kind of close to you. I've got Gonzaga Villanova playing on Saturday night in the Elite Eight. I've got Duke and Houston. Now, this might be me hoping Houston ends things for Arizona. Man, I really like Arizona. I like him a lot. But, dang, man, this this Houston team can defend. And honestly, Arizona shouldn't be here. That was a foul at the end of the game. And I don't know if, but the officials who worked that game shouldn't be working again. Period. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. We'll be in recap and refresh mode tomorrow on the uh, field of 16 now because we'll be down to, oh, gosh. 12. Thank you. Uh, And we'll have four more games to talk about for tomorrow night. But I'm pumped. I'm pumped for our tourney talk tomorrow. I don't like so much previewing the games because it makes me so mad when we're wrong. So mad. But I love recapping them. So we'll be able to recap four games tomorrow. Big story number one, though, spring football. I, I do want to pay off. Someone got mad at me. Like, you do the top five stories of the day, and by the time you get to number one, you never even talk about number one. You say stick around after the break. I mean, yeah, I, it's it's kind of part of the plan. Well, typically we've already spent, <laughs> you know, a large portion of the show talking the, about number one. The Number one has been out there for a, a moment on the show. And we've talked about it quite a bit. But I did I did want to play one thing from Ted Roof from yesterday that we missed. And I hate myself. And I was really um, – I love that uh, Eddie and the crew over at Sooner Scoop put it up on Twitter whenever Ted Roof was asked about Jeffrey Johnson. Because this point – you know, he was asked about leadership earlier. And I love this point that, that Ted Roof made. Number one, okay, he's a grad transfer. He's a grad transfer captain. You know, so you're putting a guy that was the captain of his football team in our locker room, you know, and there's the grad transfers, you know, when, when it's obvious they've got one year left, you know, walking in the door in the first couple of days, it's like, okay, all right, because you're, you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And with his leadership and his work ethic, he was accepted by the group immediately. Not only accepted to help, he helped. He's, he's helped drive, lead the group right now. So, when you recruit a captain from another team, okay, and you put him in your locker room, that's usually a good thing. Uh, usually a good thing. And in this instance, it's been a very good thing. I'm real proud of him. Uh, I'm proud of our guys how they've accepted him. But again, that's a mutual thing. That's that's street cred, man. You know, you you got to come in and earn that, and uh, and he has. Dude. Now, I know, again, it's a very little thing, but that pumped me up. And, you know, to hear Ted Roof talk about leadership and thinking about Jeffrey Johnson being a captain that's coming in here from Tulane, I mean, you love it. Uh, you, you love to see that kind of leadership, I think. Or, excuse me, that kind of characteristic coming in when you bring leadership. In, in a group, right on that defensive line, we like Jalen Redmond. 
right? Jalen Redman has struggled staying healthy, but we like Jalen Redman. And then we also realize that Isaiah Thomas, Perion Winfrey, I mean, heck, if you want to look at the whole defense, Josh, you say a Brian Osamoa, DeLaren Turner yell, Pat Fields, they brought leadership, and at least, you know, two of those guys really brought some juice. Because as we've learned on this show, if you're juiceless, you're useless. So I, I got me pretty pumped up from a leadership perspective on that D-line and that defense. There's snaps to be had up front, aren't there? I mean, Jalen Redmond, and then we'll see about a couple of the transfers, Jonah Laula, Jeffrey Johnson. You'd figure Look that th- those are two guys that will slot in straight away. Uh, I- I'm interested how the outside sort of shakes out for Oklahoma. Marcus Stripling, I love the flashes that we saw in the Valero Alamo Bowl. I'm still looking for a little bit more from Reggie Grimes and some others. So it's intriguing. I think they've got some really, really good options up front. But there's snaps to be had, and there's production that needs replacing. All right, you uh, you, you, you ready for some good NFL trade buzz that seems to be kind of – Oh, percolating. I don't, yeah, there you go. There you go. I've got some I've got some percolating trade buzz we'll get to next. How about that for a tease? And more from spring ball. Obviously, as we speak, um, assistant coaches on the offensive side of the football are getting ready to talk to the media. So that'll be fun. Uh, listen, I've got a list called Good Sooner Info that you can check out. A lot of different. Uh, accounts throwing up videos. I know Tyler will be all over it on at Sports Talk 1400 and at 947 the ref. But really, really good stuff rolling in from the Sooners open session of practice here today, including a good look at the running backs. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's get the latest trade buzz from the NFL. It's happening. It's happening. It's a plank show. Hold on. Josh, do, can I side road here real quick? Are you? I mean, that's I don't dangerous. Get... We've never done that before. I'm going to send you the latest food pairing on your text message. Why am I talking like it? I'm going to send you a. I'm sending you a pic. Send send you one. Send and I want you to get... electronic mail. And I want your instant reaction before we talk about it. And this is real. Oh, man. So, I don't know. I check with my guy, Dave Briggs. But Pepsi maple syrup cola? All right. Um, I don't know. I'm, intri- I'm intrigued. I feel like I'm going to – I feel like I'm going to leave my first tasting of the Pepsi maple syrup feeling like, well, where's the crown in this? <laughs> Pepsi is celebrating pancake lovers everywhere with their limited edition flavor. And by the way, um, this is also the same. IHOP, who is International House of Pancakes, remember when they had the the thing where they changed to IHOP and they became International House of Burgers for like a month and then everyone revolted? IHOP. Um, but in partnership with certain IHOPs, the soda giant has created Pepsi Maple Syrup Cola, a new beverage <laughs> that they say combines the indulgent flavor profile of maple syrup with the crisp 
refreshing caramel notes of Pepsi. I never thought of caramel when I drank Pepsi. I also don't know the last time I drank a Pepsi. Josh, your thoughts? Well, I love Pepsi, and I don't want one of these. <laughs> That's my thoughts. Why do we have to get so creative with colas? It's okay. Pepsi's great. It ain't broke. We don't need to fix it. We don't have to get creative. We've got our vanilla Pepsis or whatever, vanilla right. Cokes of the world. We're done. We've got Cherry Coke. We've got Cherry Pepsi. We're done. Uh, this, this is a really good point, though, too. Why doesn't either a Pepsi or a Coke just kind of say, I think we're good here. You never hear McDonald's having to talk about new McDonald's fries, right? Because McDonald's fries are perfect in every way. I mean, you can have your medium rare steak or you can have whatever your favorite uh, porterhouse meal. My point is there is nothing in the world more perfect than McDonald's french fries. You never have to see them remaking things, but dang, man. Pepsi, Coca-Cola, I put it on my Twitter feed because I just, I don't know, Josh. Why do we do the things that we do? Why are we like this, America? Marketing. (laughs) To get people talking about IHOP. I mean, really, isn't that the goal? I'm so triggered. Triggered, Josh. What were we going to talk about this segment? I don't know. Oh, trade. Okay, sorry. Welcome back into the play show. This is I now I'm reading everything about it. I just can't get enough. Why do we do the things that we do? Why, Josh? What is wrong with us? All right. So there's a rumor here today as uh, the University of Oklahoma is having spring practice media's in getting their eyes on it right now. We'll hear from Parker and Steelman coming up here in just a bit. But there is a report by the way, I just want to make this very clear, too. The guy whose um, account I looked up to find said report, I have now clicked off of because I'm reading an article about Pepsi maple, maple syrup cola. There's a report that your beloved Kansas City Chiefs and maybe potentially the Green Bay Packers have reached out to the Seattle Seahawks on the availability of Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Now, again, it seems to be a fairly reliable source, but your thoughts on if, let's just focus on the Chiefs here for a moment. If the, and by the way, not a bad call to make, but does that kind of implode the whole process behind why you moved on from Tyree Kill? If you're going to pay Tyree Kill that money and you decided to go with younger options, why then would you say, oh, yeah, DK Metcalf is an automatic fill-in for, for, for Tyree Kill? You're going to have to pay him, too. Yeah, what is his contract situation like? Is he still on his rookie deal? He might still be on his rookie deal. Uh, um, a, a little bit of a slower day for Spotrack today as we haven't – we don't have to in? wait. We don't have to wait for the website to load and load and load. All right. Here is Deke. Oh, I say that, and then, of course, I cursed myself. Well, I I guess just in general while I wait for this to load, would you be a fan of this move? So this is the final year of his rookie deal then, huh? Oh, yours already popped up. Yeah, there you go. Final. And so he did payday next year. 
Yeah, I mean, depending on what you trade, is DK Metcalf going to sign long-term for a cheaper deal than Tyreek Hill was going to sign long-term for? If so, then okay, yeah, I, I, I could like it. It kind of depends on what the financials of it look like. Generally speaking, though, there's a part of me that feels like, why would you trade Tyreek Hill and move on just to spend a ton of money on a wide receiver right here, right now? It sort of defeats the purpose of why you moved on from Tyreek Hill. I don't have a problem with going ahead and signing Marquez Valdez-Scantling and then drafting a wide receiver. I mean, this is what you got these assets for. Yeah, and this is a wide receiver class that seems to be, I don't know, kind of loaded with talent right now. It seems as though this is a wide receiver class that if you were wanting to get a wide receiver and you weren't wanting to spend a lot of money, this would be the class to do it, right? Because you could get these guys on a on their rookie deal for four to five years. And, oh, by the way, DK Metcalf, the – number 64 overall pick in 2019. I can't imagine that he, after signing a four-year, $4.6 million contract with a 1.4 signing bonus, I don't think he's in the business of trying to cut any corners on deals, right? I mean, my man wants to get paid. He's the last guy that's trying to be team-friendly, I would imagine. Yeah, he's not going to be out there doing a team-friendly deal. I don't know. Um, so that's the break. Now, Tyler Lockett on the other side, if you could if you could get a nice deal in place where you maybe give up uh, one of those fourths and that second for Tyler Lockett, I could go for that. Of course, I'm, I'm a little bit partial because he is a Tulsa guy. But as far as a contract is concerned, a little bit more favorable as far as Tyler Lockett's contractual situation he just signed a new four-year deal that you'd have him locked up through 2025 but that cap hit bro that cap hit after this year becomes problematic you're looking at 20 or 16 next year 23 and 24 and a 24 million dollar cap hit in 25 what do we think marquez valdez scantling wants financially what what are we i mean more money than juju Oh, yeah, I think so, don't you? I think so, absolutely. But how much more? Like 15 per? So I went back and digging a little bit, and their prediction during the, I guess you could say, the the, the preseason was that uh, you were looking at around two years, $24 million dollars. Was what, or maybe I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Three years, twenty-two million dollars. Last year, Aguilar got two years, twenty-four million. So maybe now he might be pushing closer to eight, maybe nine mil per season. Is that that me? I I think so because he hasn't. You got ten and a half, I think. Well, then maybe that's exactly where he's looking. Which I don't know. I'm one of those guys that you give me. (laughs) <laughs> bright shiny object or idea and it's hard for me to accept option b c or d after bright shiny object right right no i see what you're saying i've right? fallen like, in oh, love wait. with the idea of marquez valdez scantling oh you have it's so okay. it's sort of like you know that's a nice cheaper option 
let's not let's not trade for DK Metcalf and spit a bazillion million dollars on him. Are you of the belief? Oh gosh, did we take our eleven thirty break? No, yet? we are do a break. Oh, dang it! Are you a believer in Patrick Mahomes being able to 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 make more out of a receiver than what he was where he where he previously was? Absolutely, he's Me into too. that space of his career, and uh, the way he's performed minus Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill shows you that he's capable of doing that. Okay, all right, quick break. When we come back on the Plank Show, we got to catch up. I'm so sorry. We got to catch up. We'll do it next. How do we word this? <laughs> Today is going to be a good day on Twitter.com for Baker Mayfield defenders as we welcome you back into the Plank Show right here on The Rep. A uh, quick thank you to both Joey Helmer for being flexible with us today. Um, and, listen, Josh has to deal with the dude on a daily basis, right? It's his big brother. Um, I can only text him every now and then. But, no, it's – it was kind of him to shift to 10:15. We wanted more time with him and got it. Thanks to Jocelyn Allo. If you missed our conversation with the home run queen of college softball, it'll be up on the podcast page later today. Um, if Pat is okay with it, I may bug JT to see if he'll come on with us tomorrow. JT and I were trading text messages. He was clowning me because I thought Jossie's home run went over the scoreboard when it hit the top of the scoreboard. Anyway, um, yeah, you make mistakes. So, uh, see if JT can join us tomorrow. Great reaction today on Twitter and on the emails, plankshow at gmail.com, which we broke out. Thanks to Marcos. Uh, and, and fun hanging with our friends here at Cavens. Good to be back on a Thursday. Get on a regular schedule. Thanks to Gary. Thanks to Chris Smith. See him online at cavensconstruction.com. Now, with all of those announcements out of the way, there is potentially another charge against Deshaun Watson. And this is a new one. This isn't any of the 22 that have been involved before. This is this is a new charge that the grand jury in Texas is considering. Now, uh, this is just now starting to make the rounds. And you and I said during the break that we thought there was no way that the Browns were aware of this. But according to Kimberly A. Martin uh, of ESPN, she says, I'm told the Browns were aware of this second grand jury. Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, said in the article that the complaint was filed by one of the women involved in the civil lawsuit cases. It's not a new complaint. Now that flies directly into the face of the report from Jenny Vrentis, who who has a report that another grand jury is considering a charge against Deshaun Watson. Here's the story of it. A Harris County grand jury a jury rejected nine criminal cases against Watson earlier this month, but a tenth complaint filed with Houston police described an incident that took place in a different county that went a little bit too far for me to feel comfortable talking about on this here radio show. I mean, this here radio reporter likes to keep his job, but according to Fox 8 News, 
and this report from the New York Times, there is yet a second grand jury in another Texas county to hear evidence against Deshaun Watson. Josh, your thoughts? Because now every single Browns fan is a legal expert. Right. Well, let's keep it. He was never charged. The crimes occurred in different counties, so they have to go. Let's just keep this under con, uh, under a complete understanding here. Well, obviously, they rejected the nine criminal cases. This is now a tenth criminal case in a different county versus Deshaun Watson. We know he has the twenty-two civil suits against Deshaun Watson. I just am wondering if and when there's any sort of resolution, one way or the other, here, or when the NFL will feel that they've heard or seen enough to, to levy any sort right. of suspension against Deshaun Watson, right? That's the next step here is when can the NFL step in and either have a punishment for Deshaun Watson or not have a punishment for Deshaun Watson? Ah, Dude. It's, and I always – I mean, here's the funny part. All the Browns knew about this. Well, I think that makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't look good for the Cleveland Browns from that perspective. The PR listen, situation is not good. I, I mean, I understand the whole, well, they knew uh, she, like, Rusty always come, this isn't a new complaint. It took place in a different county. That's why it's the case. Yeah, that's fine. But when you read the details of it, it's like, whoa, okay, you guys are fine with this? It's funny to watch Cleveland Brown fans go from quarterbacking expert to legal expert. I, these mentions are fantastic. This has something to do with the Texans' owner. Something isn't right. <laughs> Bro, I've been saying that since these allegations came about. I just, I can't stop. I can't stop laughing. It's These mentions to the... Fox I-8 story, or the Fox 8 News, excuse me, uh, Cleveland's own Fox 8. Do they have your back, too? Does the station in Oklahoma City still have my back? Because I'm kind of mad about getting flipped off by a guy in a company vehicle the other day. Will they have my back on that? Anyway, Fox 8 News reporting that there's another potential grand jury, another grand jury being convened for charges against Deshaun Watson. So here's my question. I mean, what if they say, yeah, we're going to pursue criminal charges against him. There's too much here. Then what do you do? Well, then Deshaun Watson is probably not playing in the National Football League, maybe ever again, and certainly not anytime soon. At least for a while. All right, quick break. We'll wrap it up next with some uh, final news nuggets from Josh on the Plank Show, live from Cavens Construction. Tomorrow, Josh, is a big day here on The Ref because we will officially debut – Hour, hour two, and hour three, the hosts pick the music set. Okay, sweet. Yeah, well, I need to give some I, I thought finished, to what I want I to play. I finished the open. I finished the open last night. Um, I've got to put a few fine uh, – I mean, it's it's literally like patching together. This is the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Chris Plank. But, uh, you know me, I can't. Everything's got to be extra. So that's, that's just how I roll. So that uh, starts tomorrow. I'm very excited about it. And we're back in studio on a Friday. We haven't been in studio on a Friday in a while. Pumps me up. Um, what do you make, real quick before we get out of here, I want a, a, a quick three. What do you make of blank? What do you make of the new Deshaun Watson news? Now, by the way, his contract is guaranteed, yo. 
So even if he does end up having charges pressed against him, allegedly the Browns knew. So I guess it's okay. There's no protection here. Uh, if there is anything that maybe the the Twitter public is dumber on than media stuff, I don't. Or excuse me, um, legal stuff. I don't know what it is. Surely well, they've got an out though. I mean, if There's if he gets charged, some... they're not paying him two hundred some odd million dollars. You would think. You would think. I mean, right? they, you couldn't. You couldn't ink that deal otherwise. No. No, you couldn't. So, what do you make of it? Well, I make of it, this is something to obviously stay tuned in on. I mean, 10th trim, 10th criminal Agreed. case here. And I just, we've got to be approaching the NFL given some sort of suspension, right? Something. Something. That, that's something. That's what I make of it, is that Deshaun Watson is not going to play the first game for the Cleveland Browns next season. Agreed. All right, number two. What do you make of how awesome Jocelyn Allo was today? I love thinking about her and Jordy Ball squaring off at practice, don't you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun, man. It's fun. Appreciate her for joining the show today. We're going to podcast that, so it'll be up, sportstalk1400.podomatic.com uh, sometime later this afternoon. We'll, we'll get to Third? It. Third? Third? Any changes in your picks tonight, or are you still all chalk? No, I'm are locked in. Are we talking all chalk? Chalk, chalk, chalk. All right. Fun show, man. I had a good time. This was one of my favorite shows of the day. Hey, Steel Man and Thune at noon are next. They become must-listen radio for me, even when Mike says really nice things about me. So, y'all have a great rest of your Thursday back in studio tomorrow. Thanks to Jocelyn Allo. Thanks to Joey Helmer. Aaron Torres to talk tournament tomorrow right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.